Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Charlie Hall Chase weekend and it looks like a proper on this year. There's also a decent enough card at Ascot. I really enjoy this weekend and this is the first one where it feels jumpy jumpy. You know what I mean? Even Cheltenham last week I think was a little bit on the flat side. But this week, full steam ahead with the jumps and some really, really good racing to get stuck into. How are we, pal? Doing well. Um, we weren't too successful last week, really, were we? Sounds uh, rushing was probably the only positive to take out of mine. Uh, Corsa Ren jumped like a stink for table. Uh, how did you, any of your fancies run? The Wolf ran a nice race, didn't he? Uh, he finished second, but I won't call it a nice race. Uh, yeah. he, he was off the bridle for about a two and three quarter miles. Uh, Shearer won. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that that wasn't the strongest fancy of the week, so we really should have just kept it simple and just said back everything fucking Irish. Uh and that would have probably made us money. Uh but now hopefully more up this week at Weatherbit and Ascot, they're the two cards we're going to focus on. Uh starting with one of my local tracks, Weatherby. I say one of my local tracks, it's an absolute bugger to get to. But uh, we will start with the Bet365 Mayor's Novice Hurdle at 2.25. The Mayor's Novice Hurdle? Novice Hurdle? Did I say novice? <laughs> yeah. Christ. <laughs> Christ, you can tell we record this. I'm down in Newmarket at the minute. I'm staying at British Racing School. It's been a long day of travelling for me. Uh, so, allow me that one, Jim. As uh, <laughs> Molly Ollie's wishes. Is the eleven to eight favourite to beat Martello Sky at two to one? Nina the Terrier nine to two. C the C twelves. Island Mahi twenty five to one. Jim, it's not the most interesting of races. This full of horses who are better over further. Yeah, uh, it's fairly simple. This race for me, we saw Molly Ollie's wishes dominate this race last year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she did the same this year. Um, I thought she wouldn't be quick enough for two miles when she was competing against the mighty Miranda last season in this race. However, she put the ball to the sword. Harry Skelton went lickety-split uh, like he tried to do on Chamblou and broke everyone's hearts. Uh, and he successfully got Molly Ollie's wishes home. She carried on plodding on strongly. She won over three miles on, on heavy... Well, it was described as soft, but it was an absolute war of attrition. Western victory went out in front and Molly Ollie's wishes was... Uh, plodding on towards the end just got the better of my sister Sarah um, they were the two highlights of her season last year this is a, the race that they used last year um, prepping her for the season and I'm, arguably I have to say this is a weaker renewal uh, Martello Sky uh, is a horse who I had a lot of time for last season um, ended up going off favourite for that that nice entry early season be indefatigable and anything for love last season uh, was seventh. Ended up being seventh in the in the mayor's hurdle at Cheltenham. I thought, like Louis said, a lot of the form of these are over further. I think two miles is maybe a little bit sharp for her. Um, if I, you cast your mind back to that race that she ran, won first time out last season at Market Raising over two five, she was a little bit off the bridle over two five at Market Raising. That bend seems to catch her out and, and the long gap between the third last and the second last. Um, so I'd be slightly concerned about the speed. I'd expect Harry Skelton to go out and dictate this. Nina the Terrier um, made a nice reappearance behind Sonningo 
uh, at Chepstow. I think the race that race won't work out to be too bad a form, but I don't think she's up to the standard uh, of the other two in rating. She's ten pound below the others nearly, uh, and, and and I think she'll struggle here. And, and the other two may pick up some some prize money if if anything goes wrong. But um, Molly Olive wishes is a fairly strong fancy for me in this, and I'd be disappointed if she can't do the double in this. Yeah, I'd probably agree, mate. It's look, it's not the most interesting of races, is it? I, I tend to find these mayor's events never are. Uh, 11.22 was probably about right, isn't it? I, I, I think Martello Sky it is a really, really decent horse. But but the best bit of form held by by any of these is Molly Olly's wishes uh, winning this race last year. Look, looking at what they've achieved over two miles. It's a, it's a no bet race for me. It's not very interesting. The five wins probably. Yeah, simple. Move on. The bet three six five hurdles an interesting one, Jim. Uh, registered as the, as the West Yorkshire hurdle, the Grade Two at three o'clock. Sporting John fifteen to eight five to beat Proschema, an indefatigable seven to two of the pair, thirteen to two three under through five tens Thomas Darby and twenty two to one Oscar Elite with or against Sporting John here, Jim. I will probably always be against Sporting John because I always try to find a chink in his armour. I don't know about you. Yeah, me too. I didn't like him before last season. Uh, and being deadly honest, I, I understand why he's a favourite here and it won't surprise me if he made up into a graded hurdler this year. But it is Sporting John at a short price, so like you, mate, I think I'm going to try and get him beat. Yeah, like it's, it's mad to think he's only seven years old, and at fifteen to eight, I don't really want to be touching him with horses that are a lot more consistent in behind. Like he could probably go and run a stormer in a stayed hurdler summit at fifties or forties or thirty threes, but at fifteen to eight in a race like this, he wouldn't be for me. And um, last year's winner in the fa- uh, I've struggled saying her name this week, and that's something I know normally. Uh, Indefatigable um, won this race last year. Um, was used a similar sort of prep um, as last year going into this race. She won a Ponty Maiden last year, and this year she ran in a Ponty Handicap. It was fairly competitive, um, was slightly stuck down in the mud in behind, and um, just didn't quite have the speed to go with them. Um, but she beat most of these last year in the race. She beat Prashima, she beat Thomas Darby, um, and... They're what I value possibly more of her main rivals. I respect Sporting John, but I don't think uh, he could be that short a price for me. He won that pretense race, didn't he, Sporting John, that no one wanted to win. Um, and, and that says him all, really. And we didn't see him. Did he miss? Did he, he have an injury going into Cheltenham? He's obviously been quite a fragile horse. And, He's never a, a horse you can trust or be behind often, is he? No, mate, but I think that's kind of been a more onto fragility than anything. Mm. Uh, he, he sets a good standard here on the on the basis of those handicap wins. You know that that potential race at Warwick maybe. You'll doubt it a little bit because it says potential qualifier because horses have been behind them are very, very, very solid. You know, including beating the winner of the, the final at Cheltenham. Uh, third win, Prescheme and Indefatigable were the first two last year, not in that order. Uh, 
Is Thomas Darby overpriced? I hate saying that. Do you want to go and check yourself into a mental hospital? At 10 to 1. His best form last season is not that bad though, is it? And it is Thomas Darby and he has had a wind up. I mean, that long distance hurdle form was good, right? But that race was the most bizarre race I've ever watched. Like, two horses taking each other on in the final furlong that don't really like winning as often. Um, a few of them underperformed in behind who were the, who were the better horses. Um, he's not a horse, he's another one, which is a lot like the staying hurdle division, to be brutally honest. You can't trust as many of them. And Indefatigable was sort of has done it before and and did exactly the same route and I like what they're doing with her. Um, she was possibly slightly disappointing towards the end uh, of the season, uh, but she was beat by Marie's Rocket at uh, at Warwick. She was beat by Martello Sky. Uh, only a neck went, uh, giving a, a fair amount of weight uh, difference, um, and she she was very disappointed at Newbury in that in that race that Thomas Darby won. She was sort of reluctant to to go and even race that day. So I, I think I'd, I'd rather back... There's a lot of question marks in this race. Three, you're chucking three under three five as well. We could be underestimating severely. Um, who, over the fences last year, dominated um, small field novice chases. He, he won the Grade 2 Hampton Court at Warwick last year. That was a poor Group 2, if I'm being honest. Uh, and he's never a horse that I thought over fences was ever comfortable. I mean, I mean, he's a big chasing type, but I never thought he was accurate over his fences. So it's interesting the bringing him back over hurdles. Um, his hurdles form was OK. I remember him beating Fantasticast over three miles at Musselburgh over hurdles, uh, and he didn't run too badly behind Vanillier and the Albert Barler. He, he's the unexposed one at this level who I think... I wouldn't underestimate, but he's still not as. I'm still not sure where I stand with three under three five. I'm not cemented on him being a solid Grade Two horse yet. No, me neither, mate. Me neither. And look, his improvement last season came over fences. I just think here, you know, if if Sporting John has an off day, which isn't the most unrealistic proposition, Thomas Darby's best form probably is. He's better than anyone else's in this. You know, he's fourth in the long walk last season, beaten less than 10 lengths with Champ, Time Hill and Paisley Park ahead of him. I think that's decent. Mm. Multiple, you know, multiple times placed at the top level. I know he's a hard horse to win with. I know he's not the the biggest trier of them all. Maybe a wind up may help him. Here and just at ten to one for a horse who is, I don't want to say solid for Grade Two level hurdles because that's probably the wrong way to put it, but for a horse who has proven his capabilities in this type of race, I felt that tens is probably on on the big side with Thomas Darby, uh, not the most confident shout there ever though because it is him. Yeah, fascinating race. We haven't really talked much about Prashima. Um, he was second in this race last year um, I've never been sold on him being a three miler if I'm being brutally honest I know he's finished second uh, over three miles staying on strongly last year but I think two mile four sees him to his best effect and three mile galloping track like Weatherby I don't think he's 
uh, necessarily what he wants. But if he runs to similar to what he did last year, I don't think he'd be too far away. That's the only piece of his form that warrants him being seven to two, though. Correct, because that three match, like that third behind Romeo Brown in that attempt qualifiers, not very good. He's seventh. He he travelled all right in that uh, silver trophy at Chepstow, I thought. But again, found found nothing. So I I don't know what where to stand. I I think there's. I'd rather be with with. Anything other than the top two, if I'm being brutally honest. No, I I, I get that, mate, and I, I think Sporting John uh, does win that, such as the, the boring nature of having <laughs> three pattern races as a feature at Weatherby, unfortunately. But I think Thomas Darby is, is the overpriced one in the field. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Moving on to a cracking renewal of the Charlie Hall chase at 3.35, a brave man's game is six to four to beat a high senior at two to one. He was five to two earlier in the day. Uh, Eldorado Allen fives, twelve secret investor, eighteens win my wings, twenty five Sam Brown and thirty threes paint the dream. Two of the best novice chasers on these shores last season. Uh, Jim, obviously, they had a little bit of a rivalry going on last season with brave man's game getting the better of a high senior. At Kempton and then a Hoyson Yard turning the tables at Aintree. Brave Man's game has had a wind up in the summer, mate. Uh, do you think it's between the pair of them or could uh, one of the more established chasers cause an upset? I, I think it will be down to the top two in the market, but I don't think we should underestimate horses like El- Eldorado Allen, who uh, was good last season. But um, like you said, the two novices from last season taking each other on it seems to be a bit of a I'm liking that they're, they're both not afraid to take on each other obviously originally over hurdles a high senior beat Brave Man's Game then at Kempton Brave Man's Game beat a high senior then at, um, at Aintree a high senior beat Brave Man's Game so he's currently 2-1 up a high senior and like you said for the, the fraction in difference in price a high senior isn't is is slightly unfavoured in comparison to Brave Man's game. Do you think that's because Paul Nichols is the champion trainer and he will have this horse firing and ready to go? Why aren't they similar enough prices, do you think? Uh, I I think I can explain this by saying I think a horse and yard is a better horse than Brave Man's game, but more things can go wrong with a horse and yard, especially first time up. Yeah, I can I can see that. But we saw what a Hoysenor did first time up last year at all offences. He fell over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, it's is Brayman's game a sexier horse? Would you say that's that's could sound really wrong out of context? But like, he's more of a what's the word? Like a like I you thought. can yeah. You can stick by him a little bit more, whereas a Hoyson Yard's jumping is slightly shabby. Brave Man's game, the only blip in his armour, really, is that fourth over fences at entry. I know he has been beat other times before by a Hoyson Yard, but his jumping last season was impeccable. And at entry, he was very, very disappointing. Do you think, are you willing to just forgive that run and saying he was too done up for it after the Cheltenham fiasco on the Wednesday and... Um, and then 
going on to entry. Yeah, too bad to be true, the last one at entry. I'd completely ignore it. Uh, for Brave Man's game, I wouldn't ignore it for a host and yard. And uh, I've just got so much faith in the raw ability of this horse. And I love Brave Man's game as well. I think people, you know, such such is what happens when a horse has a big reputation and the Denman comments when he was young perhaps didn't particularly help. But uh I think I think people have kind of wanted to knock a horse in your uh, more than they should have done. Sorry, knock Brave Man's game. Uh, the more has been merited. However, I think at the prices you have to back a horse in your, I think remains open to to more improvement. I think probably has a greater deal than natural talent. I mean, when when he he won at Newbury last season, that was one of the most taking performances I have seen. From an obvious chaser in a long time. Just absolutely tanks through races, don't they? And look, the same comments apply to Brave Man's game, to be fair. They're very, very, very closely matched. But I, I, I think a Hoy Senor is perhaps the most naturally gifted staying chaser we've had in Britain for a long time. And if he just is able to channel that energy in the correct direction, uh, I think he's, well, First time up, I think he's kind of already because you, you know Paul Nichols will have Brave Man's game hard fit for this. Uh, whether that's quite the plan for Lucinda, I wouldn't be 100% certain of. But at the price, I think I've got to be with a horse on your mate. I think he, if I was to back a horse anti post for the Gold Cup at a, big, a bigger price this year, it'd be him. Yeah, I have to agree. Another question I have to pose for you about a high senor is: Do you think he's better on better ground? Uh, possibly. Brave, Brave Man's game could be put into that category as well. Like, not not rattling fast, but good to soft would be ideal. The the form reads as if they both enjoy better ground underfoot, so maybe that's why they've been targeted here. Is no horse has gone on in the same season to win the Charlie Hall to then go and win the Gold Cup, though. Would that be a slight negative? No. I I, I don't like stats like that, mate. Records uh, are there to be broken. Yeah, and I, I don't like stats that mean... Some stats are obviously worth following. E.g., I know it was booked last year, but there is logic and sense behind the idea that uh, you know, seven-year-olds perhaps didn't have the best record in the Grand National mm-hmm. because of the young and lack experience, etc., etc. There's absolutely no reason why a horse can't win the Charlie Hall and then go and win the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like like the nonsense stat, and I think I mentioned it. I mention it every time anyone brings up stats, but the amount of people who used to wheel out seven-year-olds can't win the Supreme because up until appreciate it, they were all dreadful. <laughs> so yes. Horses rated 120 don't win the Supreme either. They just all happen to be age seven. You know, mm. uh, so no, the fact that a Charlie Hall chase winner hasn't gone on to win the Gold Cup is, is if you're letting that put you off, either of the pair of them, if you like them for the Gold Cup, uh, you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Must mention a few of the others. Eldorado Allen, uh, I briefly mentioned one. Uh, at Newbury in the Denman beating Royal Pagai and Clan de Zorbo, uh last season was third then behind uh, Alaho and Janadil uh, in the Ryanair 
again was reported to be slightly over the top after the bet in the Betway Bowl, um, and had a, had been on the go fairly early on and had some tough races throughout the season. And he improved a lot last season. You have to say that um, he, he started off uh, at Exeter beating Hitman in the Holton Gold Cup, um, and then perspired up to a rating of 166. Um, he's the older horse in this and showed a, a hell of a lot of progression last season. And I don't think we should underestimate him. I think the front two are better than him, but if there's any chinks in the armour of the top two, I think he'll be there to, to pick up the pieces. Secret Investor, we last saw him beating Klandis Obo in the Denman Chase and, and Kalashnikov. Um, he's... He's obviously been a difficult horse to train and, and get right, but he's back here. It'd be difficult to, to know where he's done with him, but I'm looking forward to seeing him back, and they're giving him a proper campaign this season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much ability is retained by Secret Investor. Surely he's up against it, against the top two here, though. As nice a horse as he is. I like Eldrado Allen, but again, I just think he notches a level below Brave Man's game and a hoist and your... Two horses that I like very much. Brave Man's game doesn't surprise me if he loses this and wins a King George. Yeah, say that. I agree. Same here. In fact, I'm hoping that Ahoy Senor wins and then I'll back Brave Man's game to win the King George. Buzzing for this, mate. The best, yeah. the best uh, challenge all I can remember for a while. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that. Like, probably... Going back to Sylvaniaco Conti winning it, or maybe Menorah, probably around then times, really early on in my racing days. Eh? Yeah, no, can't argue with that. Certainly better than Ballyoptic managing to out slow elegant escape a couple of years ago. <laughs> One to remember. Christ, this is a different ball game. But a hoy senor for me, mate. Si senor. Uh, and the same, same for me. I, I, I think Ahoyson, yours, you have to back him at that price. Love him. Absolute tank of an animal. Jim, uh, you have a couple of other fancies on the Weatherby card away from the feature races. Mate, fancy running through them? Yeah, and Prairie, Prairie Wolf in the first race in the novice hurdle uh, for Sue Smith and Sean Quinlan. Won two bumpers last year. It was a good third on hurdling debut behind Bally Glass. Uh, he just got slightly outpaced around New Toxeter. He ran on well for pressure, and, and jumping was good, but it wasn't perfect. Uh, big galloping track like Weatherby will suit. He, I've just seen prices up for him, and he's 9-4, to four, and that's shorter than I was ideally expecting, because there was a, a Ben Pauling horse as well regarded uh, in behind. Uh, Ruth, Jefferson, uh, Ruth Jefferson's mare won a nice race at Market Raisin. Uh, she's slightly bigger. Um, and there's a unbeat, a, a horse that won a, a bumper uh, entry as well for Jed O'Keefe in there. So I thought I thought he might be able to get a bit of value about Prairie Wolf around three to one, uh, five to one. Um, but nine to four is a little bit on the short side for me. And uh, well, he's a horse I like, and I think will do well in in good novice hurdles this season. And, and handicap hurdles could be something for him. Um, but stepping up three furlongs here, big galloping track. We saw him outpaced over two. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Prairie Wolf out. I think he'll go very close. I, I think I, I'd just like a bigger price, please. Um, that's all from me on the rest of the Weatherby card. I think anything else for you? No, mate. Had had a look. Nothing. I 
I could make a strong enough case for really to put up on the podcast. Uh, which is a shame because I really do, really do enjoy this Weatherby card. Uh, like the Friday as well. Although the, uh, the Wednesdaydale juvenile hurdle, which is, can produce a good horse, produced Porticello last year, uh, looks a little bit of a weaker, weaker renewal this year, unfortunately. Shall we move on to ask it, pal? Yeah. Why not? Uh, before we fly into picking some actual fancies out, Jim, what do you make of the spicy boy himself, Goshen, going over fences in the first to ask it? Rivals of Sam Gowell Road and Cobbler's Dream, so no mugs. Strap yourself in, ladies and gentlemen, because we are in for a treat. <laughs> um, who knows what's going to happen? Goshen over fences. Who who genuinely have thought this? Um, we saw, I don't think he ran too badly at Goodwood the other week behind Tritonic. Uh, that was a nice reappearance. Um, I mean, I think he should have his own section on ITV. Just just show this race. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity that we'll see and really enjoy it. I'm not a clue, but will I enjoy watching it? I sure will. And hopefully he has a clear round uh, and dominates his field. Bit of an odd starting point, do you not think, in a in a handicap chase? Well, he's giving over a stone away to the air. To his opposition, sorry, just under a stone. It is me being unable to read. Uh, but, yeah, mate, it's it's a... Surely they could have found a novice chase at Plumpton or something like that. But look, this is competitive, mate. You know, I'd, I'd rather him see Dooster see and turn up and turn up at Plumpton on a Monday and, and beat some hundred rated, you know, handicap hurdler. In fact, here, mate, all all his opposition are out of the handicap because mm-hmm. of Goshen. Uh, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Sam Arif beat him, pal. Fair. <laughs> it won't. I think he's somewhere is the type, the type of horse who is going to take better to, to chasing. Uh, and at three to one, Goshen's Goshen, isn't he? And he, look, he probably had a better season last year than a lot of people were anticipating with him. It ended up being that way anyway after uh, being up to his old tricks at the start of it. Uh, I don't want to take six to four about a horse who can do this. And I think Samaris. Probably the the likeliest of the of the three to take advantage. If not, Gowell Road was a horse I, I would like to see over fences, but he didn't jump well at all at Perth. He wasn't flowing at all, was he? No, yeah, didn't know what he was doing. And Cobbler's Dream, really nice horse, perhaps, perhaps a little bit less potential than Sam Eve. So he'd be he'd be the the pick for me, and I may even play on that. Yeah, not not a race I'll be having a betting interest, but I will be. Thoroughly enjoying Goshen's round of jumping. I can assure you that. Nice one, mate. At 205, it's the Battle London handicap hurdle over the two miles. Any harm in asking 72.5 to beat Call of the Wild at 5 to 1. Hacker to plus 6. The same price, Broomfield Berg. <laughs> Christ. People are still backing him. Uh, 8 Washington, 10 Highway 102. 12 Galore Sons, 14 Magistrato. 20s and 25s, the Outsiders, Tanganyika and Cotmask. Uh, 
Jim, I'll take this because Call of the Wild was possibly my my main fancy for the turf top twelve. He just wins this. Yeah, fair enough. I'll I'll let you take take control because he's the horse I like as well, and I think you should do all the talking. Yeah, go just a really really promising novice hurdle last season. Uh, fairly whomped Boomborn, who who. We know he's normal. He went and won that list at Dovey's Hurdle at Kempton, albeit very tin pot free runner, free runner affair. But, you know, not a poor horse, Boomborn. Call the Wild fairly whomped him when they met at Doncaster. Then they stepped him up to two and a half miles at the Cheltenham April meeting. And he just travelled, travelled like a dream through the race and just didn't get home. Uh, everything about him, you know, the light bulbs are going off, the, the, Flashing red sirens are going off, saying Greatwood, County Hurdle, Betfair Hurdle, next year. This is what this horse wants. This is a race which is, you know, often used as a starting point for horses to go on to bigger and better things in that type of races. If you look down, uh, the horses who've won this within the last 10 years or so, Brampaw, who won a Greatwood, I think, didn't he? Uh, you know, Soaring Glory, Betfair winner. Well, that was after he won this. But, you know, th- this is the first I'd consider very good two mile hurdle of the season which might be a little bit disrespectful uh, to the Welsh champion hurdle to be fair but on paper I think this looks a stronger race uh, this season uh, Colwell he, he's going to get a pace to aim at you know the likes of Hacker de Plas Hyrie one or two they go forward and they tend to go forward quite hard yeah, I just think he'll get the setup set up like he wants, and off one thirty, this horse is gonna be so much better than one thirty. I'm so sure of it, uh, and I, I, I love, I love the setup of this race for him. The worry is, is there's a very similar type in the shape of any harm in asking, who won at Catrick and uh, Sedgefield last January. Really impressive. Uh, going for the the hat trick in handicaps now up to a mark of one three seventy one. His worst first handicap, sorry, of one fourteen. The sky could also be the limit for him, but the price differential for me just means Caldwell has to be the bet. Has to be the bet seven to two to five to one. But I think the two horses with very very similar profiles, and given that we've seen kind of what Caldwell can do in a better race. Albeit he only finished third, but I think he shaped like the best horse in that event when Paul again, Paul again Green beat him. I find that horse was a name so tricky to say, even though it's three words in the English language. Uh, <laughs> uh, whereas we haven't really uh, seen that yet with any harm in asking. He hasn't been asked that. Uh, that's why I'm with Call of the Wild. And look, I'll be a bit good if he gets beat here, but he won't. Unless it's something absolutely drastic, it won't put me off. Just go and watch his one at Cheltenham, watch his, watch his win at Doncaster as well. This is going to be a really good two-mile hurdler. Yeah, I echo everything that you said. Um, I, I, I think he's got an outstanding chance here. But anyhow, I'm asking, I mean, he, he's the only horse to ever beat Constitution Hill. Uh, however, his form isn't actually that good. Them, them handicap hurdles... Like, what's John Joe doing sending him to Catrick off a mark of 114 and to Sedgefield off a mark of 127? If he thought he had a proper horse in his hands, he'd be running a pro- proper top major track. And you look at his campaign so far, You t- no offence to, to these racehorses, but you Toxito Worcester, 
Catterick, Sedgefield. It's not they don't bring much to the imagination, do they? Um, I, I mean, he's, he's favourite on on the fact that he beat Constitution in, in a three mile point to point. Uh, and Calder Wild is the obvious value. Lewis made the case very well. The other horse that interests me in this is Tanganyika of uh, Venetia Williams's. We saw him in just one start last season in Britain, uh, which was in the Victor Ladol behind Porticello. He was beaten a long distance. He was in third. Um, but he won a heavy ground hurdle at Compiègne, uh, beating a now-rated horse, 125 in England, uh, whose name Moodles Claremont, who's with Gary Moore. Um, he was tried in a better race where he was behind Gaelic Warrior, who we know the repu- uh, reputation Gaelic Warrior had. Um, a mark of 120 could slightly underestimate him if the ground goes slightly sloppy at Ascot. Um, the rainfall there's a fair amount this weekend. If it goes to heavy, he's a horse I'd like to keep on side for the season. He, this might this might be a fair bit competitive for him, but I think there could be races to be won with him off his mark. Uh, he's also entered at Plumpton on Monday. Um, I presume this is this is the idea, uh, but he's a horse who I'm keeping on my radar for this season because his farm in France isn't as, isn't that bad, uh, and I'd be interested to see how he runs here. Yeah, I like that as a shout. I like that, Paul. Interesting stuff. Uh, Broomfield Berg and again, I, I feel like I feel like I don't want to be overly mean, but he's joint for Shantry House to me as the least likable horse in training. <laughs> is, is it a coincidence that they're both trained by Nicky Henderson and both owned by JP McManus? No, because Nicky has some horses I absolutely adore. You know, I was I was a massive LTR fanboy. Uh, Broomfield Berg would find a way to get beat by Sussex Road, wouldn't they? <laughs> this is the most I've ever seen in my life. Oh, no, uh, I find it insane that he's a single figure price for a good race again. After once again, they sent him off favourite at Chepstow, Jim. It's ridiculous, that, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. Really unlikable horse. Uh, he'll win now. Uh, but, no, yeah, not a fan of his at all. Uh, I like Washington as well. I think he's a nice type uh, for for Ollie Murphy. He's he's not too much racing in handicaps. And 128 wouldn't be surprised if he ended the season rated a little bit higher. But, yeah, Call of the Wild, I say he's in the turf top 12. Up against a good, good rival in any harm in asking. But I hope... I hope I'm right with this one, because, yeah, he's, he's pretty much my number one horse to follow this season. Yeah, hopefully 5-1 to one can, can be a good bit of value for him. Hopefully, hopefully. Watch him lose in a, uh, in a battle to Broomfield Burn now. <laughs> Imagine the tears. That'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> you heard it here first. We'll have to quit once again. Uh, the Burn Group... Handicap chase, always a good race. This uh, one of one of the better two mile handicaps we'll get all season. Before midnight, he's ninety two five to beat Amula Gold eleven to two thirteen to two Nassalam who won uh, the Goshen race last year. Uh, same price Frero Bamboo fifteen to two Time White eight to eight go to Sharmil uh, with Freddie G- Ginger aboard Jim. Uh, 
Same price as Monsieur Lecoq, 10's Gumball, then 25's Daily Tiger and Joke Dan. So where are we starting here, mate? Um, the horse who I like the most at the price is Monsieur Lecoq. Uh, he ran well in similar races last year, behind the movie Gold, behind Before Midnight. Uh, he's won off a mark of 128 last season, he's up to a mark of 130. But some of his best performances were off a mark of 138. Uh, he absolutely adores soft ground. Um, I I feel like price comparisons between him and the Moolah Gold and him and Before Midnight. He was only beaten ahead when idling badly in in this last year um, off a mark of one three two. So he's two pound below that mark. Um, he ran in the Welsh Champion Hurdle last year before this. Uh, however, he was behind Soningo uh, in the handicap hurdle, so he's had a. He clearly needs a prep going into this. Um, I just thought eight to one. It just offered a little bit more value. Um, there's horses in this who I I've followed off a cliff, like Ferrero Bamboo. I was adamant after his third behind uh, El Ridotto Numitor that there was some nice races to be won with him, but continued to bang my head against the wall. As all he managed to do was win uh, at. Uh, Lingfield on that Winter Million card in a, in a not too good two mile chase um, but he did run well at Sandown behind Dolos and a good third in the Grand Annual he is only 7 turning 8 this year, there could be a little bit more progression to come for him, he's a horse I, I, I am sure there's some nice races to be won with him um, but uh, they're all very much of a muchness this lot and I I'd looked for a little bit more value. I, I wanted to take on before midnight because I don't think... I mean, his form is solid enough and he won nice races last year. He won at Ascot, beating the Moolah Gold. He beat Sky Pirate. Uh, he was second behind Foon and Bull, Sivilla. Um, I just don't feel like he'll progress again this season. I feel like that was more his last season. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm looking to probably take him on here. Um, Naslam's a horse who wasn't in my head I didn't think he'd ideally want to go over a fence uh, but last season he completely proved me wrong uh, with five chase starts and three wins in two seconds um, he was second to Alexia de Nuts at Plumpton uh, he was BT Clipper he was sort of consistent last season um, and he could continue his progression this season um, but I'm going to go for a tried and tested old boy in Montreal Lecoq, um, especially off off the mark of 130. Fair enough, mate. That's interesting. I I find this tricky as well because he said you know he, he ran well in a, in similar races last season, but I think that you could probably say that about all of these. Yeah. Which which makes it a, a tough one. The one who I was initially drawn to, because I still think he's on a really nice mark of one four two, is Ferro Bamboo, who took big strides forward last season. The worry for him, though, is that there's not an insane amount of pace on. Maybe Monsieur Lecoq and Before Midnight might be able to make it a test. And if they do, I think that'll swing things in Feral Bamboo's balance, who is a horse who, who always races off the pace. So long as he's not too far back and that they don't dawdle. And they shouldn't do really here. Uh, I think he'd be the one I'd be with at the prices, mate. He was really progressive last season. 
barring, you know, his final one at Aintree, but I'm always happy enough to forgive horses poor efforts at Aintree's. So at Aintree's, <laughs> at Aintree after a, after a long season. Uh, he travels really, really well, and it was an odd race in the Grand Annual. Like he was, he was so badly detached, but in really eye catching progress, you know, re- before before the last one, I guess maybe from six furlongs out. I think his form tends to tends to stack up really well. Last year, com- uh, consistent sort. He's he's currently rated one four two. I I could kind of see him having a a ruler Goldie season, you know, where he'll he'll win a good handicap or two, and then maybe you know be asked to take part in in stronger events. A ruler Goldie himself has has crept right back down the weights to one four three, and he's really interesting from that sort of mark as well. Before midnight was was a, was a smashing horse last season as well. Yeah, and you know, has won over C and D. So I'm saying a lot without really saying anything. The old bamboo at the prices. Do you not think? Sorry to interrupt. Do you not think Ferrero? Would you ride Ferrero bamboo differently? Because I'm slightly sick of seeing him so I was held up. Just, and I think they ride him purely because he won that two mile heavy ground race at Lingfield. But I don't. I think he would have won that no matter what ride because the horses behind it were clearly not as good as him. But he he has been ridden fairly prominently in other starts. Possibly. Last year in the Grand Annual, if he was ridden a bit more positive, I think he just got bogged down in that in that on that Wednesday card of just absolute mess and rain and darkness. Um, if he was a little bit closer, you know, I I think he would have. I'm not saying he would have beat Global Citizen. If he'd jumped better, he probably would. But. I'd like to see him ridden more prominently. No, I, I can understand that. I, my theory as to why they, they don't really ride him prominently would be because he's such a keen going sort. Yeah. That he may, uh, you know, he tanks along and maybe he'd make a little bit too much use of himself if they gave him, gave him free reign. That's just a theory though, mate. Uh, yeah, that. This is this is a really tricky race, mate. Uh, Fair or bamboo if pushed, but not one I'm mad about. Well, I, I'm really really looking forward to it from a racing point of view, but from a punting one, I find it tricky. Yeah, I, I just look for price and Monsieur Lecoq. I think he'll be bigger than eights on the day. He's not got a sexier profile as the others, um, uh, but like Louis said, a fascinating race. The three fifteen is a battle London Gold Cup. The first really good staying chase, handicap chase of the season. Uh, I always really look forward to this race, mate. Major Dundee is a 9 to 2 5 to beat T Clipper and Our Power at 6s. 9's fullback and Ansam. 12's Mr. Malarkey. Kitty's like Danny Kerwin. He's still knocking about Christ. Uh, 16's Good Boy Bobby and Papa Poutine. 20's Rapper, Regan, <laughs> and up the straight, pal. Uh, Another year of tipping 14 year old Regan, Look, Regal Encore in a three-mile handicap chase at Ascot. What can go wrong? Uh, do, do you have anything more sensible to say, Jim? Um, the horse I like the most is towards the head of the market, T Clipper. Um, one off a mark of 142 last year. Good runs. 
uh, last year included uh, a fourth behind Corrat Rambler uh, in their Ultima, a good fourth behind Sam Brown and Sham Blue and Killer Kane in the handicap, three mile handicap at Aintree. I thought it was a good reappearance in the Native River. Um, his jumping was a lot better than what I remember last season. He travelled into the race and looked the winner with three to go, but was just battled by uh, a hardy race fit rival in Peregrine Run, um, who's ultra consistent at the age of 12. You can sort of go, he's been beat by a 12 year old, but he's a tough, tough horse, Peregrine Run, to get past. He travelled like the winner, he looked the winner the whole way and just couldn't get his head in front. Um, I think that this is an easier race than that is, uh, and I think for that reason, I, I still think there's a little bit more progression. He got put up three pound uh, for for just being edged out by a Peregrine Run, uh, but I still think there's a little bit more progression to come for him. They thought he was pretty decent because he entered him in the court of a star novice chase. I mean, I know he was beating a fair amount, um, but uh, I think here he should go very close and and. There's not a lot that inspires me about the rest of the field, if I'm being brutally honest. I'm thinking along similar lines to you here. Uh, I think Major Dundee is going to be a staying handicap chaser, obviously, to keep on side last season, third in the Scottish Nash. Back end of last year. Uh, but I think, I think as, as suggested by that, he probably might be better over further. Uh, the one I'm... I'm with Jim was was a place behind your selection at Cheltenham. It's going to be our power, who is still unexposed really as a three mile chaser. Steadily progressive. I guess last term winning up with Canton over two and a half miles, then stepped him up to three in the Coral Trophy where he ran a good third behind uh, the Christian Williams pair, Captain Orr and Kitty's Light, and then ran fifth. Uh, in the Ultima at the Cheltenham Festival, I think both of those races look strong form. Kitty's Light is is here and is a very, very, very solid proposition no matter where he turns up. Looks rusty enough last time, like, but his horse you, you can generally set your uh, set your watch by. And Captain Orr was was is a horse who has a good record at, at Kempton and had dropped to a really, really fair mark. So I, I, I think that. That ranks as as being reasonably decent form, and then obviously the Ultima, just as you've said, you know, really strong race last year as as it as it tends to be most years. T Clipper obviously racing from the same mark, but our power on on a on a track that might not quite test his stamina quite as much as Cheltenham. Um, he's the one I'm interested in. I, I really do enjoy this race, pal. Yeah. Uh, 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 there's some old boys and, and consistent names in it, like Good Boy Bobby, Mr Malarkey, um, and of course Regal Longcore in this. Um, uh, is an enjoyable race. My question mark with our power is, I know you said it's an easier three miles, but I don't I don't necessarily have him down uh, as being an out-and-out three mile. I mean, I know them two pieces of form are fairly decent over that, but... Um, I'd, 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 uh, I'd rather him over a shorter distance personally uh, but his form certainly entitles him to have a good chance he was wide all the way at Cheltenham mm. as well mate which uh, I think I think you can mark him up for I like T Clip I think he's a good horse and I completely see him I think Miss Major Dundee is a bad fav yeah so do I, I, I again I looked I looked to take most favourites on this weekend uh, and I could be made to look a bit of a mug but 
Um, he's he's scorpion. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he, he, he was beaten off 129 the last time he ran over three miles. Uh, I, I thought the improvement in the Scottish National came because of the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's what I'm looking to take on, uh, and it will be with will be with uh, our power. Though I, I have nothing bad to say about your selection, uh, T Clipper, mate. Anything else you like in the in the last three races, Oscar? Looking for that novice hurdle. Leave of absences in it. He made a nice impression winning at Kempton and at Newbury, and then a good third behind Lockaway in the Aintree bumper. Uh, on national day, Hullenbach who was second and that's been beaten midweek. Uh, but I think there's a few nice horses in that who I think will step up again. But Lever Absence is one of them. Uh, big galloper. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back out. Chris Gordon's novice hurdlers have been fairly decent so far this season. Um, I don't think. I think that's everything from the from the Ascot card from me. Yeah, same here, pal. Uh, I think the last three races are probably probably more ones to watch with them being a bumper and a, a novice hurdle. Uh, the conditional jockeys event had a look at, and obviously Safosk is unbeaten uh, over hurdles, so he's he he has to make appeal and has, has had a decent enough campaign on the flat this term. But you know, fifteen to eight in eight. In a conditional jockey's handicap wouldn't really be my sort sort of bet. Uh, that'll be asked for me, pal. Briefly, mate. Uh, we'll talk about the feature race on the Sunday, which is the Colin Parker Memorial Intermediate Chase. Can often throw up a good one. Possibly not one of the strongest renewals we've ever seen of the race. Possibly throw up a good one. Just two of the best staying chases of all time. What, lost in translation and... Fiddler on the roof. Thank you. <laughs> How could I forget? How could I forget, mate? Uh, eight of them entered at the minute we recorded on, on Thursday evening. Uh, the ones the ones with jockeys on board are Miller's Bank, Manila Drama, Corrick Rambler, Earn River and Burroughs Diamond with Beauport and Bear Gills also entered. There's also a horse from the... Michael Scudamore yeah, called Upton Road who shouldn't really be featuring should he take up the engagement uh, who catches your eye just among the entries here mate um, Bear Gills catches the eye mostly because we didn't get to see him uh, last season um, and he, he did a lot wrong in all of his races last season hopefully he's matured a little bit um, I think him and Beauport obviously are, are of interest making their novice chase debuts uh, Miller's Bank uh, sets the standard winning at Aintree uh, in the manifesto um, he unseated uh, at the first in the old Rome um, so fairly quick turnaround for him Correct Rambler progressing into listed company after winning the Ultima last season but um, like this could be a little bit too short for him uh, as we know him as more of a proper staying chaser. So, interesting what they're going to do with him uh, here. But An interesting race, to say the least. The two novices are of interest. It's not a race I often... It's a race I often look towards, the second season novice uh, in it, and Miller's Bank. Uh, 
and current Rambler fit that fit that category. But the two novices, um, if they turn up, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, that's a fair assessment, mate. Look, it's, it's a hard race. Well, we can't really tip anything or put anything forward considering we don't have the prices, but it is a race worth touching on. I think Miller's bank I'd have as a favourite. Uh, obviously, un- unseated earlier at Aintree last week when I was keen on him. Corrick Rambler, I just think he's, he's going to be better over further. And I prefer the form of Miller's bank uh, to Earn River, despite Miller's bank giving him £6. Miller Drama is a horse... I like and felt was a little bit underrated last season, but I think there might be a little bit more room for improvement in Miller's back, whereas I think Manila Drama is kind of the sort of horse we know where he is, and I think yeah. he might be a tricky one to place this season. Hence why they've entered him in the handicap hurdle in the cart on the same card. Yeah. Uh, Bear Gills, he didn't jump hurdles well, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might respect the fence, though. Mm. Uh, want to see it. Before I, before I believe it. Well, Pot's a nice type and he should make a chaser. Uh, probably needs to be, needs to be very good to win this all first time up. Yeah, fair, fair enough analysis. Do you have a best bet of the week, Mr. Watson? Um, I think I'll go for that novice hurdle, that Prairie Wolf. Uh, at Weatherby 150. I think he will be my best bet of the weekend. Shortly followed, um, by Call the Wild uh, and in the same race Tanganyika I will be having a little dabble on him each way if I, if there's four places around I'm, I may be interested yeah not not the most interested of betting cards unfortunately but uh, I'm all about Call of the Wild uh, if, if you couldn't tell already I think he's an absolutely smashing uh, prospect this season and hopefully He'll be able to get get the better of a, of another really promising type in any harm you're asking. But call the wild five to one. I think it's a cracking price. Even if you back him each way, you get your money back almost certainly. If if uh, the John Joe horse turns out to be proper, 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 Lewis will physically give you your money back if he's not in the first three. Uh, I would like to have a disclaimer. Please do not believe anything James Watson says <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for being here pal thank you for hosting and hopefully we've pointed you in the direction of some winners Aye, well, thanks thanks to everyone for listening someone asked her uh, <laughs> uh, no, I hope you have a, a successful punting weekend uh, I'm on only fools love horses on Saturday morning the Twitter spaces thing which should be should be good fun if anyone fancies joining in with that throw some horses at me uh, I'll tell you what I think about them. Uh, yeah, tell them they're useless. Yeah, well, if you say Broomfield Burn. Uh, but yeah, cracking cracking weekend from a watching point of view, even if not the most interesting to put on. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to Turf Talk again, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe.